Welcome to Soul Awareness with Constance Mesmer. Thank you so much for joining me. This session is going to cover part two of clairvoyance. And as a reminder, clairvoyance is the ability of your inner sense to see visions, pictures, words, or stories unfolding. Clairvoyance can happen internally within your mind's eye and externally as part of your physical reality. Specifically though, these experiences are being perceived by your soul senses. Today's session, I am going to get into a few more examples through my own history catalog to just help illustrate the lessons I want to teach you and empower you with. And so the goal is really to further enhance your own ability so that when you're paying attention, you might want to soften your focus and look through the realm of spirit so that you can learn to see with the senses of your soul, in particular with clairvoyance. I hope you enjoyed today's session. Since we've already discussed some of the other senses of the soul, I might incorporate them as part of this segment, but mostly I'm going to um, highlight the muscle, if you will, that is clairvoyance. But I do have to tell you a funny story. I think one of the funniest times that I've worked with clairvoyance was when I was working with my dear friend, Russ, and we were sitting in the woods and we were like, hey, let's play some psychic development games because I'm all about these kind of games, right? <laughs> so, you know, this this is so me. This is so constant. Oh my God. So Russ and I were practicing sending and receiving images in our mind's eye to see how we can do with... Um, telepathic communication, but specifically with clairvoyant images. But I also backed the, it up with words like clairaudience. So I, I would, the job, the task was, was to send the image of an animal so that the other person could receive it. And you just say, start, look at, let's start this. And then I just immediately start sending. And the first thing I was like, Russ, what's the first thing that's popping in your head? So I'm sending this image and I'm repeating the name of the image over and over and over and over in my mind, right? And he <laughs> has a little bit of an issue with it because he said, Khan, I've got something, but it's not really an animal. And I said, well, what is it? And he said, an ant. And I said, that's what I was sending. And he said, Constance, that's an insect. <laughs> so me. But look, he, he figured it out anyway. It was hilarious. And then I think he was sending to me, and I can't remember if I did well on receiving. Sometimes when we play these games, one is really good at receiving and one is really good at sending. But maybe you're good at both. So point being, it's great fun to send these things back and forth, specifically as an image or a picture. But because you know clairaudience, you can also back it up with your words. This is also one of the things I learned in that church basement when I was young. Um, and I've had fun with it over time, right? So maybe this week you practice it a little, sending the image, seeing it in your mind's eye over and over and over and over again, and just telling them, okay, I'm sending now. What's the first thing you get? I hope you have great fun with that. So probably some of you have already tried this one. 
or maybe you thought of it while I was telling you about the ant story. You can also do this with a deck of cards. I know this gal who is a complete wizard. When she was younger, she could do this card game really exceedingly well, and then it faded out over the years. Her first name is Deb, so I'm going to do a shout out to Deb. What you do is you have someone hold a deck of cards and they focus on, um, they draw a card and they focus on it and they picture it in their mind's eye, picture it in their mind's eye, and they repeat it over and over again and see if the other person can receive the image and receive the card, whether face card or and whatever it is. And again, it's the same thing. Once you're ready, say, okay, let's send and let's receive. And it's the first thought that pops in the receiver's head, right? So sometimes by seeing the image physically in front of us, some people have a better thread of sending. Not necessarily though. So you can take notes, <laughs> be your own kind of detective in this game of trial and error and kind of take your own field notes, if you will. But that's another thing that's fun to do. My daughter was a amazing, a whiz at those memory games. You know, when you have the cards of the monkey and the zebra or whatever, all face down and then two are matches. And then where are they? And she would just have an amazing time remembering where they were. I tried to do it psychically, like, okay, which one is the card? And I couldn't do it unless I scanned it. Remember scanning, I would put my hand over and set the intention of like, all right, where's the other lion? <laughs> And see if a, a card would get hot as my, or see if my hand would get hot as I move my hand over the card. These are also fun things you can do if you want to mix and match your new sensorial skills. Because don't forget, you're listening to this podcast from the beginning, working your way through because the lessons are sequential. But if you just want to play the card game where you're sending the image of the card and you're looking at it, give it a go. It's great fun. And, you know, just, see what you think. See how it goes. Don't beat yourself up if you're not perfect. Please don't do that. This is all about kind of leaning into it and recognizing your strong suit and how you can work it and build up and, you know, let go of any expectations, fear, and disbelief. Remember those rules and just slide into it. I know you can do this. Some of you are going to be like real fantastic at this. I feel it in my bones. Okay, here's another example I'm sure you might have heard before. This is just strengthening this muscle in a fun way, right? On your own, the next time you wonder what time it is, do not look at your clock or your watch or your whatever. Instead, close your eyes, picture a clock in your mind's eye, and read what time it says. Then check your watch or your clock to see if you were able to see the image. Also, what I want you to try this next stretch, if this sounds interesting to you, is to remember our locate lost items when we use that with clairsensation. Now couple it with clairvoyance. Maybe you want to play the hide and seek game with uh, a little thing and friends in the house. This is, let's just be a great party. I'm telling you far better than any kind of, I don't know, whatever, just I'm telling you. <laughs> Try this at a party. Let's have a psychic development party. I can see it now. And hide something. And then have everybody um, teach them the skills. Share the love. Teach them the skills. Have them listen to the podcast beforehand. I don't care. And work to find it, the image. And how you can use clairvoyance to locate the items is 
everybody look at the item and then someone's going to go off and hide it in a wherever location. And then, but you're going to hold the image of the item in your mind so that you know what it is you're looking for. Then when the person comes back and it's hidden, picture the item again, and then look around to see, is it on a shelf? Is it under something? Is it in a closet? Like, where do you see the item being? I want you to visualize it and just note its surroundings and then go to where your inner awareness sees it to be. Give this a, a, a try. This is a bit of, um, of uh, distant viewing, remote viewing, and which we'll get into more on down the line. But try it now because it is a part of clairvoyance. Yeah? Great. I remember one time um, this woman had booked a mediumship session with me. And I have to tell you, I lived in this cottage and I set up a rule to spirit, right? This was my house rules. Because when you start opening and hanging your shingle for business, you need to have rules that you post kind of all over the spiritual internet, if you will, as much as you're doing it in the physical and posting your hours on a website or anything like that. So I had to send up a giant kind of billboard bulletin to spirit saying, you may not come in my house and bother me. You have to get your loved ones to call me. I am not going to reach out and call them for you, even though you're on the other side and I see you and I hear you, you, you may not interrupt. You may not pester. <laughs> I have office hours. Here they are. There will also be times when I go into meditation to work with you, a healing, especially if your loved ones here are not contacting me and you need other ways to get in touch with them because I can help you with that. This is what I told spirit, beings in spirit, people in spirit. So I had that rule out there and I remember one day I was like just passing through my living room and I was aware of someone at my front door. You know, you just get that feeling, remember, Claire sensation, but also there was that, you know, you know, there was the pull, the magnetic pull. We've had this discussion before. So I look over and in my, in my field of vision, my eyes are completely open I see this woman, an older woman at my door. Now she's standing outside my door because I said, you can't come in. And I said, she was in spare world. And I said, um, <laughs> you probably got that. I said, may I help you? And she said, yes, uh, can I come in? Now I can hear her plain as day, even though the door's shut and everything, but I can hear her. I said, sure, come on. She goes, I know you don't let us in, but I just want to tell you that my daughter is coming today and I just want to start talking with you. And she just started gabbing and gabbing and gabbing and gabbing. And I was like laughing and saying, oh my God, listen, you need to wait until your appointment time. You have to wait too. And so she left. She didn't go out the door. She just vanished in my awareness of my, with my eyes open, my field of vision. When she appeared to me, she looked more spirit. I could see through her. Remember la last time I said, when, when I see these people that have crossed, they look as if they're a reflection, like if you're, as you're looking at a reflection in a window while still being able to see beyond and what is outside the window. That's how she looked. I was able to see through her. Very light, very lovely, really lovely. So sure enough, when her daughter came for a session, 
I she was so happy then because now she could come right and and I could listen to her and then relay all the messages. So I told her daughter, I said, listen, your mother's been here all morning. She wanted to come early. She's already been talking to me, and she laughed and laughed. She said, that sounds like my mother. So we all of a sudden, the whole room, my whole area of work filled up with all her loved ones. And I was like, okay, I've got this one here and this one here, and I've got an uncle here and blah, blah, and your father's here and all this stuff. Now the dad was interesting. I did not hear the dad talk. I said, he's kind of taking a backseat to your mother's banter. And she said, yes, that totally makes sense. But I said, what that your dad is doing is I see him very clearly and he's reaching for his billfold to give you money. And she practically weeped because that was exactly what he would often do. So sometimes spirit will not so much communicate with words clairaudiently for one reason or another, but they will act out messages. And so if you're working with connecting to spirit and you're um, fully open to the various ways communication can take place, you have to be aware that they are going to use various psychics or soul senses to get the message across to you. And it didn't matter how much light I called upon from the heavens or how much I said, you know, can you speak up? I can't hear you very clearly. And I was having this in my mind. You know, I didn't say this out loud with a client there. Um, it didn't matter all of that. It was really just the visual that he was um, giving. Now, had we done more and more sessions, we did do a couple more, but had we done more, I don't know if he, you know, could have developed that or what the deal was, or maybe the mom would have backed off a bit, but she definitely liked to have the run of the show. I'm telling you, totally lovely family, totally lovely. And I could smell like the Italian food cooking, like the food. It was, it was, uh, it was lovely. I think it was Italian. It was very, I said, God, they're cooking and it just smelled. The aroma of food was phenomenal. So this can, this is what can happen. The same too, remember before I told you about, you know, I've seen w women sewing. I, no, I don't think I told you that. I had a, um, a situation where a friend's mother had died and the, and the, I was going to meet with a friend that day and the mom showed up and I let her show up. Listen, I was not going to say, no, come back and let me book an appointment or you book an appointment or get your daughter to book an appointment. I was just like, yeah, what's your message? And I didn't hear her clairaudiently. I couldn't hear her at all, but I saw her doing something with her hands and I thought she was sewing initially. And then I realized she was cracking eggs, cracking eggs. She was baking. And so this was the message. I gave it to the daughter, the message to the daughter and the daughter said, wow, yeah, no, she wasn't sewing at all. She was cracking eggs to bake because it just so happened my sister and I were making some of her recipes this past weekend when we got together. So it was just really lovely. Truly, 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 truly. So whether you're working and studying with along with me for your own good in regards to your own connection time with loved ones that have crossed or your own prayer time with beings from um, the higher realms, or if you're a medium working to um, enhance your craft of helping deliver messages from the spirit realm, any and all of these, or even building connection with uh, beings that are alive, people that are alive, animals that are alive, um, nature, whatever, all of these, so this, 
this these methods of tuning into soul awareness will help in each of these areas. And I'm going to individually get into them after we've gone through all of the ways the soul can perceive, um, you know, back and forth communication efforts and techniques. So I will highlight each section as its own lesson. But I do want to remind you here in clairvoyance, since we're working on that, is that sometimes when you see a spirit approach you and you can, whether you see them in your mind's eye or out in the physical, you know, don't forget the very early on lessons and foundational lessons that we learned about throwing light, checking, are you of God? Are you of truth? Especially if this is someone you don't know, right? And then after a while, you'll get used to your own impressions of your, um, awareness of how do they feel both physically and emotionally and are they is it is it a being that makes you feel happy you'll know pretty quickly the discernment it's gonna come fast and easy once you start realizing it's always good to just work with light light beings light beings um and the good beings you know i know troublesome spirits need help too, but there's different ways. And we'll talk about that in the future, how you can help if you want to be one of those beautiful warriors, prayer warriors to help everybody, even the rough ghost souls on the other side. But I just want to remind you that when you have spirit show up in your field of vision or even your loved one, you might, you know, try different ways of seeing them if you're, when you're working on clairvoyance, because sometimes it might be best to you know, look to their side so that you can use the, your peripheral vision to see them, like I said last time. Or, you know, you might realize that staring right at them, you can hold the vision longer. It's about you exercising the muscle of clairvoyance and how it works for you and the way it works for you. I just want you to know that when I do what I call reads, whether they're or mediumship connecting loved ones to people, when I do reads, I, I read people's souls and I work with divine consciousness. I work with God and, you know, angels come and I get a lot of information from a lot of different places. But when I see something as part of the experience, when I have a clairvoyant experience as part of my reads or meditation experiences, it's really important for those of you out there that do this kind of work too and are, are listening to my podcast to enhance your own efforts and strengthen your own efforts and maybe even take them to the next level if if that's what my work is calling you to do. It's important that you um, say exactly what you see because in that there's the message um, and also, of course, to repeat what you're hearing and feeling. All of that is part of the message. And I really do the work because I work for spirit. You know, I've told you before, students or clients might be coming directly to me, and my work is to enhance this ability in all of us so the world will be a much better place. But it's also to, I do work for spirit. And so I really have to encourage you that if you're getting messages to relay, that you deliver them exactly as you get them you know, you don't edit. And so with clairvoyance, that's part of it too. I can't tell you how many of the messages I've been given um, are just what I'm seeing, what I'm seeing the person on the other side doing, what they're showing me. Um, I know this young gal, when I wrote Some Dogs Talk, I had some great young friends read 
the book. And uh, <laughs> there's this one gal, she was like, listen, I love your book, but that's not at all how I hear dogs talk. And I was like, wow, how do you hear them communicate? What's your communication method, whether it's hearing, seeing, feeling? I mean, I go through all of them in the book, Some Dogs Talk. Um, and she said, I get their words as written words in my mind's eye. And then I have to read the words to know what they're trying to tell me. And I was like, wow, I have never heard that before. But maybe this is your method, my friend. So it's recognizing how does clairvoyance work in your experience to heighten your soul's awareness, to empower you to become more fully alive. Okay, so maybe try this with a friend. Make sure you don't have any interruptions or, um, you know, no distractions. So set aside time and a place and sit opposite them. And in your mind's eye, if you're going to be the one kind of reading what you see and you're practicing it and they're being the sitter, they're just going to sit there. Ask in your mind, show me something of interest about them. Show me something from their past, their present, their future. And then look at them, look at them in the eyes. But with your relaxed awareness, notice the periphery around their head or around their upper body and looking kind of in those spaces to see if you can see and have your eyes and your awareness, your psychic eye, your inner eye, open up to other clothes or things on or around them from another time or place. It may be a subtle impression. It may be fleeting. It may be you can't help but see it. And just kind of be open. And if you're not seeing anything, say, what would I see if I did see something? And trust the first thing that you get. Remember patience and persistence with all of this. When you're making that intention request, show me of something of interest from their past, their present, or their future, realize that you're setting your intention in that moment. And you could be, when I do this, I usually set the intention to their soul. Tell me something, show me something that will be helpful to them. And with that quick intention, it will unfold. And your job is just to notice if you're seeing impressions in your mind's eye or literally on them, or you can't help but think of something or a scene kind of plays out in your memory and deliver it. So when you sit with them, first of all, you're just setting the immediate intention to get information that's going to be helpful for them. I remember one time I was at a wedding in my early 30s. I was dancing in Washington, D.C. with this very, very cute but very boring man. He was just adorable, like beautiful to look at. And I'm like just dancing with him and everything. And I decided to go out of focus and look around his head for anything interesting. <laughs> Like, I wonder if he's got like any hats from previous lifetimes that he's still like wearing or whatever. And because, you know, sometimes I can do that and see past lives or things that they wear in this life that they don't necessarily have on their head in the moment. And on his head, I saw earphones. To me, they were huge earphones, right? Good old fashioned earphones and, or headphones, headphones, that's it. Um, 
well, now they're the, the same, right? All the big headphones are now big, <laughs> you know, the little, little teeny ones, and the big ones. But back then when I looked that, you know, that was definitely an old thing. Why? Because I was meant to see it. So it, it was huge. Even though when I asked him, I was like, do you, do you, wherever wear headphones or anything I keep seeing headphones around you now he knew what I did for a living and so he's like yeah yeah tell me what and I said I just see these giant headphones and he goes well the headphones I wear all the time I wear them all day every day I work in politics and I'm always cruising around with these headphones in to kind of you know have my jam or the story or whatever I'm listening to but I wear them all the time now I wasn't wrong that they were giant on his head they were giant so that I could interpret I could interpret the meaning, the fact that they were there. If they were little AirPods or earpods or whatever they are in his head, I wouldn't, you know, in his ears, I would I wouldn't have seen them as readily. You know, I might have thought it was it was a phone thing, but for him it was specifically music. It was so great. So just I want you to play with that. Practice, you know, practice looking around someone when you're talking to someone, whether they're attractive or not, just talk to them. Look at that. Beauty's in the eye of the beholder. Anyway, just look at them and um, let your eyes go out of focus around them. You know, maybe look at their face, but notice what you see in the periphery around their head. So maybe you'll see, I'm going to throw some things at you. You might see um, a pirate's hat and they're really into, uh, you know, have had past lives as a pirate, but it could also be symbolic, not literal. That's the cool thing when you see images as a message from spirit realm or information on a psychic level. When you see images, you have to discern whether it is literal or symbolic. So pirate hats could mean they're up for adventure or it could mean, (laughs) oh my gosh, watch out, this person is a pirate, right? Someone who might not... uh, play by the rules or any of those, you know, things that a pirate conjures up in your mind, what a pirate is all about. So I often use the example that, um, you know, I've seen horseshoes around people and I have to discern, does the horseshoe mean good luck or does it mean they work with horses? It's this kind of thing, right? Um, But don't brush the image away. So, you know, try that this week when you're chatting with someone, just chat, 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 and then let your eye go out of focus, kind of, or just check the periphery. Like, hmm, if they're wearing a hat, what what kind of hat would it be? Or do you remember when I told you about the time I used to look in the mirror when I was little and be like, who are you? Who are you? And I'd let my eyes go out of focus and I would just, you know, you stare long enough and your face might change or you, you know, clothes might change do that this week. Notice and just kind of document what images you see and then maybe take the time to ponder it on a walk or chew on it on a bike ride or a drive or whatever. Like, huh, I saw myself as this, you know, this color skin, this kind of clothes, this kind of hat, this kind of facial hair, this, I wasn't male, I was female or vice versa or whatever, non-binary and just ride that out. Like, what was that life like? And what'd you learn? And what was your greatest lesson? And what was your greatest strength? And what did you promise yourself that, oh, if I come back again, I'm going to do what, you know, consider all that this week. I think that would be fun. So try those two things, whether you're looking at a friend or family member or somebody and seeing what, what, you know, what they might've 
worn in another incarnation because you're seeing something vaguely on their head or in their face or along their face or whatever. And then check with them. Hey, I'm, I'm doing all these goofy exercises <laughs> for my soul awareness with Constance Mesmer sessions. And I want to try this out. Does it mean anything to you? You know, you'll be pleasantly surprised. It's great fun. I'm telling you. And then, but also definitely look in the mirror and see what you can unravel. That stuff can be very productive therapeutic wise. You know, you might really stumble on some lifetimes that you have unfinished business. Okay. Okay. I need to clarify that. He was not boring. The information that he was talking about to me was boring because it was not a topic that I would really get into. And so I just want to clarify that. He was beautiful, really smart. And I just decided to take that moment because I zoned out of the conversation to zone in and tune in to what was around him. And that's when I saw the earphones. Okay, here's a little something I want to remind you of. And the other little something is a bonus, right? This is exciting stuff, the bonus. So what I want to remind you is that remember when any spirit shows up, if you decide to connect um, or you have someone... <laughs> come to your door wanting to chat with you. You're always going to throw light. Remember those early lessons, throw light. Are you of God? Are you who you say you are? Are you of truth? All those things do, right? Um, and feel the connection. See how it feels. Um, clear sensation uh, and clear sentiment, both of them. How does it physically feel? How do you emotionally feel? Is it... Uh, is it a happy feeling? Is it like a dread feeling? Like, oh God, scary, creepy. You know, don't make the connection. Um, don't be afraid of the experience. You know, you have to discern, am I afraid of the experience or am I afraid because they're a creepy person, even coming from the other side, right? All those things. This we studied earlier on. So if you need to re-listen to those podcasts, do definitely. Here's the bonus. So it has been my findings and others too that when you connect and clairvoyantly see a loved one from the other side, either in your dreamscape or in your meditation time or your sitting time or your intention time of connecting with a loved one on the other side, those experiences come where you see them with in as if they have girth, as if they are have dimension. So if you ask them to turn around, you'd see that they, you could see the whole periphery of the body because they live in that dimension, right? This is different than if I were to decide to call to mind, how about those words, call to mind one of my loved ones that is alive right now on the planet earth. And when I see them and send them love and want to talk to them about perhaps something that they're not hearing, or I'm not hearing, or I'm having issue with, and I'm like, you know what, I'm going to just sit with my, you know, whoever, my family member in spirit to try to figure out how can we make the connection in the physical better. Or even if I want to tune in to try to figure out what I can do to help one of my kids or, um, you know, family member or loved one or friend or whatever. If those people are living on the planet and if I see them clairvoyantly, they are in two-dimensional space. They are flat as a pancake if I ask them to spin. Why? Because they don't reside in the spirit realm. They reside here. 
So sometimes when I teach this as a class, I've had students actually see them as photographs. I don't always say, I don't always give this bonus information at the start of my class because I want my students to have the experience and then I can ask them, ask them to turn. What do you notice that's different? You know, all those eureka aha moments are really cool when you experience them for yourself. So I'm sorry if I've, <laughs> if I've given you a secret knowledge information, but it's just something to um, be aware of when you're heading into that space and, and developing your own practice of connecting through the realm of clairvoyance. Okay, that's where I'm going to stop. <laughs> There's always so much more, but there'll be plenty of time, right? As always, my work is to encourage spiritual growth and health. And I hope today's time together has helped you to learn how you might take this lesson into your upcoming week so that you can develop and strengthen it for your own soul's awareness. Thank you so much for taking the time to join me. I hope you've had a chance to see how fun this can be for you. And I do hope you practice the exercises so that you can strengthen your skills. I want you um, to know that I'm really grateful. I'm really grateful for you because in you, I am able to do what I'm meant to do. And I know that it will help you blossom in your life. I just know this. That's why I'm doing this. I'm doing it for free. Yay. Take it, take it, run. <laughs> Spread the love. If you've enjoyed the session, please share with others. Don't keep it a secret. Tell your friends, family, and associates, but be sure to tell them to start from the beginning. Um, just because the lessons build one upon the other, as I've mentioned a million times over. So have a fabulous go. Have a fabulous week, month, whatever gap time you use between your lessons here. And you've been listening to Soul Awareness with Constance Mesmer. Thanks for tuning in. Legally speaking, this podcast is presented solely for educational and entertainment purposes. It is not intended as a substitute for medical diagnosis, treatment, or the advice of a physician psychotherapist, or other qualified professional. You should not use this information to diagnose or treat a health problem or condition. Always check with your doctor. Thank you.